Happy Father's Day to all the dads in the house. Can we give all the dads in the house a big hand? All right, dads, let's be honest for a minute. There's a lot of pressure in society to ascribe to a certain image, a certain look, a certain role model. In fact, even that video kind of presents this idea that either, either you're this fit, you know, like really like into it, you know, focused guy, or you're kind of a goofball who's carrying a little bit of extra weight and just eats donuts all the time. It's almost like society kind of begins to put us in these different classes. In fact, I, if I was to say some, certain things, like if you're a gearhead dad in the house, come on, raise your hand, like you're a gearhead. You're like, you love working on stuff, you love working on cars, stuff like that. Come on, raise your hand. You could raise it proud, see? There's those moments. Maybe you're a fitness dad. You're like, dude, I love working out. I love, I love being able to look in the mirror and just pop out the muscles. Come on, if you're a fitness dad in the house, Raise your hand proudly so everyone can see your muscle. Ah, oh, none of them. All right, here we go. If you're an outdoor dad, come on. You're an outdoor dad. You're someone who loves the outdoors. Like, in fact, when, when it comes time for hunting season, like, you're not at church. You're in, you're in the stands trying to kill Bambi's mom. No, forget mom. You want the dad. All right. Any, uh... Here we go. Here, here's, here's an interesting one. This is something that's kind of more recent. Maybe you're a cosplay dad. Now, some of you are like, what is a cosplay dad? What, what is that? You, you, like, you like dressing up like comic characters. <laughs> Come on, there are, there are some of you who are out there. You like it? Come on, right? Like, I mean, sorry I won't look at other people, but I mean, some of you really love that. That's cool. That's cool. Maybe, maybe, you're, maybe you're a business dad. Like, you're just, you're just straight up you're all about the business, like business dad, that's, that's kind of who you are. Uh, maybe you're home improvement dad. You're, you know, you're, you're, you love home improvement, you love all those things. So we could, we could try putting each and every one of us as fathers in different categories. And in the midst of these different categories, we see that each category comes with its own set of expectations of how life is supposed to be. In fact, I think society has actually done a really poor job of presenting good images of fathers. Because what we see is we see extremes. We see the goofy, dumb, Homer Simpson type father, right? Or, or we see this crazy, so focused, like, eats only wheatgrass, like, every day, like, extreme type thing, right? It seems like there's two extremes. Like, you've got the the super disciplined, super fit, everything together, drives a Lamborghini, you know, like has, a all, you know, has, has all the nice suits. Uh, or you got Homer Simpson. And it's like, well, I don't want to be Homer Simpson. Duh. I don't want to be that. But I don't feel like I can obtain this. Because one thing, Lamborghinis probably wouldn't do real well on Adrian, on Michigan roads. Backstreet. Dirt roads, no, that doesn't do real well. And really, I'm not a fan of either. But yet I feel like society constantly is pushing that at me. Now, if you don't know, today is Father's Day, and so I am talking to the dads for a moment here. 
But I think that this message today is actually a message that we can all glean from and we can all learn from. But specifically today, I'm talking to the dad. So if you're a dad in the house, in fact, let's just say this. If you're a man in the house or a boy, this is for you. Whether, whether you're a young man, whether you're an older man, this message is for you today. I, I've been studying a lot of successful men, quote-unquote, lately. Guys like uh, Aubrey Marcus, he wrote a book called uh, Own the Day, Own Your Life. Uh, I've been following a guy by the name of Garrett White who wrote uh, the Warrior book. These guys who are the extreme of this side, they're starting these movements of men who are going after being successful in their business, being successful in their family, being successful in their personal health, being successful in all these different areas. And, and, and I, I sit there and I watch these guys and, and I hear what they're pulling from, and yet I sit there and I go, you're just missing it. It's great that you have such self-discipline. It's great that you have like all these things that you say have put together, but you're not pulling from the right source. It's like the bad fuel. It's almost like if we could somehow produce something that could make us better dads, then we would, we would try to do that, and then we would try to market that, and we would try to sell that to people. But the reality of it is, is that you and I have a source that is being made available to us as men that can take us through any season that we face. Whether it's a season where you get a bad doctor's report, whether it's a season where your marriage is a mess, whether it's a season where you get laid off from your job, or whether it's a season where everything falls right into place, there's a source that you and I have that actually is a source that will help us in our body. It will help us in our mind. It will help us in our spirit. It will help us be the men that God has called us to be. In fact, I've been wrestling with how to answer the call to challenge men to be the men that God's called them to be. Because as I look across our church body, as I look across our community, I see men, many men, who have actually just given up. You've given up. And my challenge to you today is this, is don't give up. Keep going ahead. Keep pressing through. Keep going after what God has for you. Just make sure that you have the right source for the things that you're trying to grab a hold of. The problem is, is some of us are trying to use something as artificial as something like dad fuel. I know it's just a joke, but it's almost like we think that somehow we internalize, like we can pull something from inside of us that will somehow get it. As I've been listening to these different books and and reading different articles, and listening to podcasts, and, and reading the books, actually. As I've been going through, one of the things I keep seeing inside of there is these men keep talking about, you just got to pull it from within. You got to pull it from within. There's like, you got to dig deep and, and just somehow muscle through. But I'll be honest with you, I've tried to dig deep a few times into myself, and there's not a whole lot there. Sometimes I just don't feel like I have the right source. I don't have the right things to make myself be the right type of father. <laughs> this past week, I had the privilege of being on a vacation for the week, which was awesome. And uh, we had a great time as a family. But how many of you know when you go camping, um, it's just not as much of a vacation, right? Let's just be honest. I mean, it's beautiful. 
being able to wake up by the lake every day. But I'll tell you, there's something about being able to wake up by the lake and you're in a condo and, you, and everything's there and you sleep on a bed, not on the floor of the trailer. I mean, like, like it's awesome when you have some privacy. Like, just all those different things. But, man, we were all in the fifth-wheel trailer. My kids were out in the tent. It was a great, great week. It was a great vacation. We had great memories. I, I love watching my kids interact with my dad. I, I, I love spending time with them. Gabe slept in a hammock all week, um, just right in between trees and put his sleeping bag right out there. And I was like, man, to be young again, right? <laughs> just slept in the hammock outside, right by. And we had this little stream coming right through there. So you heard the stream the whole time. So that was, that was pretty cool. And Gabe's like, yeah, the stream just put me to sleep every night, you know. So you can't get that in a condo um, unless you use your iPhone. And then you have a stream the whole time, and uh, it's air-conditioned. It's, it's fantastic. <laughs> but one of the things I loved was I, I loved creating memories with my kids, the time that we spent together. There was moments that we were able to embrace, like when we ran out of gas on the lake. That was fun. Um, <laughs> and the boat. And Intermediate Lake is a really long lake, and so we happened to be way up here, um, and our campsite was way down here, and uh, we ran out of gas. I'll tell you more about that later. But uh, I, I, loved, uh, I loved the moments where we were just hanging out, creating those memories. Um, I looked at my dad one morning. He was sitting next to me, and I just said, Dad, you're a good dad. My dad looked at me, and he's like, he, uh, he questioned why I was asking him that. He was questioning whether it was because of some things going on in his own life. And, and I said, no, it's not because of that. I said, it's because you're a good dad. And he's like, well, I don't always feel like I'm a good dad. And, and, and I can relate. <laughs> in fact, one of the questions I've been asking this year has been this question, am I a good dad? I, I don't know if it's just something about my age right now, I turned 40 this past year, and it seems like when I turned 40, a lot of things changed. I have a lot more gray in my beard all of a sudden. I've gained 20 pounds in, in like a short period of time, which makes me question everything right now. And so now I'm eating a certain way and not eating any sugar and any carbs and all this junk. And I'm not eating the junk. I'm eating the good stuff. <laughs> but it was hard when Alyssa, she was dog-sitting for us in, in our home, and it was fantastic. She, she's so... She's so awesome. In fact, if you're a single guy in the house, uh, Alyssa Reynolds, who is our communication director, would be a great, great pickup for you. Um, so I'm just sorry, Alyssa. I, I know I shouldn't say that. shouldn't say that. But man, that girl can cook. And uh, she made homemade cinnamon rolls. So like we come home and I'm like, oh man, I come in, I see this tray of homemade cinnamon rolls. And it was like calling my name saying, just cheat, just cheat. In fact, it's not even cheating, Brian. Just eat the whole tray. <laughs> because if someone gives you a gift, you cannot deny that gift, is what my mind kept saying. But, but I was wrestling with this whole thing because for me right now, honestly, comparison kills. Because you can look across society and you can call it regret, you can call it missed opportunities, you can call it whatever you want, but the question keeps coming up in my mind, and that is this, is am I a good dad? With my daughter graduating from college, I ask myself the question, am I a good dad? From high school. 
I'm asking myself this constant question all the time. Am I a good dad? As I interact with my kids, am I a good dad? As I'm sitting there at home and we're sitting down eating dinner together, am I a good dad? That is constantly going through the back of my mind. I don't know why. I remember different seasons of my life where, where those moments would come where I would get frustrated. But then there's moments where I look at it and I go, man, I was really busy in that one season and I missed that. I look back to other moments where I was just disengaged. I look back to other moments where I was, and I can just fill in the blank with different things that would actually speak to the opposite. I wouldn't feel like I'm a good dad. And then this thought hit me. If I feel that way, there's got to be dads in the house who feel that way. That maybe you don't feel like you're all that good of a dad. Maybe you look back and maybe, maybe you're quite a bit older now. Maybe you're in your 70s. You're in your 80s. And you're looking back at life and you're going, man, I don't feel like I was all that good of a dad back then. And you wish somehow you could turn back the time to, to go back and change some things. Because you look at other people around you and, and sitting there at that campsite this week and my dad looked at me and I said to him, dad, I think you're a good dad. And he looked at me and he questioned it. And I think that as men, we we question that. As fathers, we question that all the time. But I just want to tell you something, because maybe some of you haven't ever heard this, but you're a good dad. You may go, well, no, 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 Pastor Brian, you don't, you don't even know me. No, can I just tell you, you're a good dad. You're a good dad. But Pastor Brian, I missed this moment. I wasn't even there for my kids during this time. I left. I ran away from things. It's okay. You're a good dad. And here's why I can say that you're a good dad. The reason is, is because if you have Jesus as your source, then you have a good dad living inside of you. The question is, is how do we get that good dad out of you? Because if you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, that means the Father is a part of you. Like he's, he's living inside of you. He's a part of your life. He's a part of the way you think. He's a part of the way that you respond. So the question is, is this is really, what's your source? What's the source of your fatherhood, quote unquote? What's the source of who you are? And this can apply to, to motherhood. This can apply not only just to fathers and mothers. It can apply to men, women. What's your source? Because if you think that you can somehow produce the source, what will happen is, is eventually you'll grow tired, you'll grow weary, and you'll feel like you're failing. See, the reason why many times I question, am I a good dad, is because there are many times where I forget my source. And when I forget my source, I start trying to figure things out myself. I start trying to be the good dad. I start trying to read the books and, and watch this and listen to this and be disciplined in this area and work out here and make sure I'm healthy. All these different pieces. Instead of recognizing who my source is, my source is Jesus. God is an unlimited source. That's the beauty about it. See, if you think it can be found in a can or be found in some other thing, that's always limited. But God is an unlimited source. God never looks at you and says, you're taking too much from me. Hey, hey, wait, 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 dad, dad, 
You're, 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 you're relying too much on me. Come on now. Come on, you're, you're, you're sucking it out of me. He doesn't say that. Kasha this week was in the water. She was laying out in the sun the whole time, and I kept saying to her, babe, you're going to get burnt. She's like, oh, I just love it. I just, I don't get the sun very often. She just, she just soaks up the sun. Pretty soon as she's sitting there, she's laying there in the water, and she was laying on a raft, and, and she had her hands down in the sand. And all of a sudden, she pulls her hand up. Now, I wasn't there for this moment, so I will just improvise what I think probably happened. But she pulled her hand up, and ah! And there was a leech on her hand. And it was sucking away. And she said, I went to pull it off, and Brian, it wouldn't come off. And I was like, what happened? She's like, your mom pulled it off. She saved the day. That leech was sucking in. I say all that to say, God does not care if you suck in. (laughs) He doesn't ever look at you and go, get off my hand! What are you doing? I know that may sound weird, and it is weird, and it's not in the notes. I love this quote. It says, I believe that we, that what we become depends on what our fathers teach us at odd moments. When they aren't trying to teach us, we are formed by the little scraps of wisdom. It's interesting because as we were on the boat, I kind of alluded to it earlier, we ran out of gas. We were on the upper part of the lake. I was the one who had started driving. I hopped in the boat. I didn't want my dad to be driving. I wanted to drive, and so I hopped in the boat. I actually pulled away from the shore, backed away. Kasha and all of them are still coming, and Kasha comes out, and she just throws her hands up, like, what are you doing? And I'm like, just going to take it for a spin. We're coming, you know, and it's like, oh, okay. So I pull back up and get in, and so I'm in the boat. My dad hops in. I look down at the gas gauge, and, and I see, I'm like, oh, we have plenty of gas so we go out, we're, we're going to let Gabe uh, do some uh, wakeboarding and stuff. So we go, and then we go all the way across the other side of the lake. I mean, like, we're down, like, miles, miles down the lake. And all of a sudden, I, I go to go one of the times, and, and the boat gets up out of the thing, and all of a sudden, boom. My dad's like, what? And I'm like, oh, I think we ran out of gas. He's like, no, we couldn't have run out of gas. And I'm like, I think we ran out of gas. He's like, you're driving. You're supposed to check the gas. I'm like, Dad, I'm sorry. He's like, oh, I should have checked the gas too. And so this whole moment all unfolds. And so we ended up getting this. <laughs> it's funny because Gabe was saying this. He said, you know, Dad, it's funny because every time we run out of gas, because this has happened before uh, in our boat. <laughs> he's like, we always have to be pulled, because we, my dad has a pretty nice boat. We always have to be pulled by some guy with some older boat, you know, but he's got gas in it. And the guy hooks us up and pulls us, and he's like, he's like, where are you at? And I'm like, we're on, we're at Central Lake. So I was just trying to get him to pull us over to the side, and then we're just going to walk, and he's like, no, I'll drive you. So he drives us all the way down there and stuff. We gave him a nice little tip, and, but you can sit there and go, okay, so what was the wisdom in that moment. Well, for me, the wisdom in that moment was make sure that there's gas on board. It's just a little scrap of wisdom. But so many times we learn through the failures of fatherhood. Do you know what my kids learned in those moments? Check the gas 
in the boat before you go out. I looked at my dad, and I said, Dad, why don't you just have a little, just a little one gallon, you know, like a little gas can that you could just put right inside of the boat. He's like, that's, why didn't I think of that? I'm like, yeah, why didn't you think of that? It's your fault, Dad, that we're stuck here on the lake. So four scraps of wisdom on fatherhood that I want to share this morning. Four scraps of wisdom on fatherhood. First is this. Is model what you want repeated. Model what you want repeated. I can tell you this. Your kids model you. Especially your boys. Your boys are a lot like you, Dad. They watch you. They watch the way you interact. You know those things they do that drive you crazy? You know where they picked up a lot of that from? You may say their mother. No, 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 probably not. Probably a lot more from their dad. I haven't met a little boy that doesn't want to be like his dad. Now, I understand that for some of us in the room, there's some pain associated when we talk about dads because you didn't have a father modeling it for you because maybe you were raised by your mother and your mother fulfilled a role in your life. But I'm telling you this, boys look up to their fathers. They're watching what we're modeling. They're watching it and then they're repeating it. See, the beauty is, is when we recognize that God is our source, when we recognize that God is our source, that, that Jesus, the Holy Spirit, that, that the Father is our source, and what happens is, is that what we do is we model for our children what it means to have a source in Jesus. You see, if you want your kids to love Jesus, then you need to model it. I've heard from parents before in the past, when we were in kids' ministry, they they would come and they would drop their kids off at church and they would say, I, just, I know it's important for my kids to learn. I know it's important for them to learn about the Bible because for me, I learned about the Bible. But, but here's the reality of it, is that you as a parent, we, we can pour into your kids and we do every week. We have great people who pour into your kids every single week. But we get them for about an hour. Guess what? You get them a lot longer. And what you're modeling is what they will re be repeated. See, some of you say, man, if my kids would just be better behaved, can I just say, your kids are simply repeating what's been modeled for them. So what's hard sometimes, though, is just the reality comes in is, is that it's really hard to reproduce something that you don't have. So if you're looking at you producing the source, you're the source of, of being the good father, being the spiritual leader, being all this, then what will happen is, is you'll only go so far and then you'll fail. But if you recognize Jesus as your source, what will happen is, is then you can begin to model things, like you should model prayer. Modeling prayer is, is a huge thing. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18 says this, Pray always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance for the supplication of all the saints. We're instructed to pray. When we model prayer, our kids will pray. Like if you look at it and you go, man, my kids never pray. My question to you is this, is are you modeling prayer then? Are you modeling it for them? Are you modeling what it looks like to have a relationship with Jesus where your kids see that part of it? Next is this, is model study. Your kids should look at you and see you studying. They should, they should see you being a learner. 
My boys right now love, 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 love Fortnite, this dumb game on, online, and they just love it. So they're constantly on their Xbox. They're constantly trying to get onto the electronics and stuff, and we're trying to monitor it, and they're pretty convincing, and they stay downstairs in the basement. A lot of times they get away with stuff that they shouldn't get away with. And, but they're on that all the time. But you know what we're modeling for them? We're modeling for them parents who are learners. Kasha and I are constantly reading. We're reading books. She read like three books on vacation. I'm reading all the time. This past month, I've read like five different books. I'm, I'm just constantly studying. I'm constantly in. I'm constantly doing that. Why? Because I want to model that for my kids. So Jordan, she loves to read. Jordan will hop in a hammock, and she'll pull a good book out, and she'll read but she, she loves reading, like, more novels and more, like, just, like, foo-foo stuff, you know. And uh, Kasha and I, like, we're always reading personal growth stuff and how we can be better and all these things. But we're modeling study because the scriptures tell us, it says this, it says, study to show yourself approved unto God a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We're to model study. Next thing is this is model self-discipline. This is a hard one, isn't it? <laughs> Let's just be honest. It's hard when you think you're the source. But remember, if he's the source, then like this passage of Scripture says, it says, take up the helmet of salvation. Take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Pray always with all prayer and supplication of the Spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints, and for me that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. You and I are being instructed to pull not from ourselves, but to pull from God to be self-disciplined in our lives. Model it. Your kids are watching. Next thing is, is model wisdom. Model wisdom. Wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom. That's what the scriptures tell us in Proverbs. Wisdom is something that you can model for your kids. Your kids should see you modeling wisdom. And you may say, now, Pastor Brian, how in the world does that work? What does it look like to model wisdom? Well, sometimes what it looks like is actually stopping, praying, and then asking the Lord for wisdom. God, I need wisdom on this. It's teaching your kids, hey, listen, you're, you're struggling on this test. You're struggling in math. Let's ask God for wisdom. Let's ask him to help you, to give you the knowledge that you would need to be able to tackle the things that you're facing. Model wisdom. Next is this, is model trust in God. Model trust in God. Your kids are watching. They're watching you. They're watching you, Dad. Did they see you trusting God? Hey, if you, if you were to sit down with your kids and show them your finances, could they look at your finances and see you trusting God? I was, uh, a while back, was doing some premarital counseling with a couple. That couple, uh, the one had a, a child, um, so it was, it was a blended family that was coming together. And that, that couple had, had been in a, in, in a relationship where they were living according to the world standards. So they were, they were just, they were living together, and everything that went with living together was all involved in it, and 
And I was sitting there with them, and I asked them this question. I said, what do you want to model for your, your child? Oh, well, we want them to love Jesus. We want them to do this. And I, I just looked at them. I said, so the way you're doing it right now, how's that going? I mean, one day you're going to have to sit down, and you're going to have a conversation with your child, and you're gonna have to, they're going to say, hey, did you wait? Did you and dad wait to have sex before you got married? You're going to have to sit down and have that conversation. I said, can I, just, can I challenge you to something? I said, what if, what, if, what if from this point on you made it a decision to do it right and to do it God's way until you got married? And you know what they did? They took me up on the challenge. And they went through the whole process. And you know what happened? They made it. They honored God in their relationship. And you know what happened? They modeled for their child what it means to love Jesus and what it means to have self-discipline and what it means to trust God and what it means in those moments to, to know that he is with you. Model it. Next is this is model walking out your calling. A man's gifts make room for him and brings him before great men. Model out walking out your calling. Model it. They should see it. See, your kids are a reflection of your life, both private and public. They're like a mirror of the souls of their parents. And your kids are watching you. They become like you. They watch how you interact with others. So model what you want repeated. The next is this, is lead even when it's hard. Lead even when it's hard. Come on, dads. I know that being a father sometimes is really hard. There's a different weight that you carry in the home, or at least you should. There's a weight of leading your homes, and can I just encourage you, lead even when it's hard. There's a story of, of some kids who had talked their mom into getting them a hamster. They promised to take care of their pet, whom they named Denny. Within two months, though, mom was taking care of Denny. And one day, mom decided enough was enough. Denny would be given to a new owner. She called the kids together to tell them. One of the child said, I'll miss him. He's been around here for a really long time. The other child remarked, well, maybe he could stay if he just ate less and wasn't so messy. But mom was firm. It was time to take Denny to a new home. The kids began to sob uncontrollably. Mom said, enough is enough. Denny has got to go. One of the kids perked up and said, did you say Denny? Mom said, yes, Denny. Oh, we thought you said daddy. You know, sometimes, as fathers, it's hard to lead because our kids even are watching us. They're watching the things we do. Oh, dad's just messy. Dad's just this. Dad's just that. And sometimes it feels like our leadership is being, you know, someone's pulling the rug out from underneath us. But the beauty is this, is like Galatians 6, 9 says, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Dietrich Bonhoeffer said this. He said, a father acts 
on behalf of his children by working, providing, intervening, struggling, and suffering for them. In doing so, he really stands in their place. He is not an isolated individual, but incorporates the selves of several people in his own self. You see, as a leader, you're not leading just yourself, you're leading your family. You're leading your children. There's a part of your kids that you're leading. There's a part of of who your kids are that you're leading as a father. So when you stop leading because it gets hard, when you stop leading because you and your wife have a fight, or when you stop leading because your kids make bad decisions, when you stop leading because you get a bad report from the doctor, if you stop leading because things aren't going quite right at work, if you stop leading because things aren't where they should have been when you turn the age that you turn, can I just tell you, you cannot stop leading. You have to keep leading even when it's hard. Keep pressing through. But I go back to, once again, your source has got to be Jesus. Because if he's not your source, then you will fail to lead in the times that you need to lead. He has to be your source. Leading is hard. And sometimes it requires us not to be liked by our kids. Can I just say I've had to make decisions that my kids don't like? I'm not here to be my kids' friends. Just not. I love you guys, but I'm your dad. I'm not your bro. I'm just not. Because you don't listen to your bro in those moments that you need to. Because sometimes you look at your bro and you go, that was dumb. Dumb idea. But when you treat your dad like he's your bro, then what happens is, is sometimes you look at dad and you go, that's a dumb idea. But you have no idea all the pieces and things that your dad actually knows in those moments. Listen to that. But fathers, you and I need to lead. There are going to come times where you're going to have to discipline. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 24 says, Whoever spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is diligent to discipline him. Gabe, afterwards, I'm going to discipline you because I love you. He doesn't even know what to do right now. See, sometimes being a father is actually making the hard call. Sometimes it's doing the hard things around our kids. But when we lead our kids, what, we, what happens when we continue to lead our kids is, is our kids can look to us and will respect us because they see us being constant, consistent. Can I just say, dads, watch what you say. If you say you're going to do something, then follow it up. It's huge. Because if your kids, if they hear you say, if you do that one more time, and then you don't actually act on the one more time, what that means is you're a liar. You're not leading in that moment. Your kids look at you and go, no, you're not leading me. Follow through with what you say. Be an individual who's in those moments who's leading even when it's hard. Here's the next one is celebrate together. Celebrate together. I love this one. I think as fathers, we need to celebrate more. We need to celebrate what God's doing in our lives, and we need to tell our kids about it. We need to look at our kids and be like, dude, God's doing some great things in our family right now. Let me share some of that with you. 
Hey, God blessed us in this area. Let me share that with you. Hey, I got a raise at work. Let me share that with you. Hey, we were praying for this and God answered this way. You got to celebrate it. So many times the things, times the only time our kids hear us talk about things is when things are bad. Can I just say lead in the home by celebrating together as a family? And you may have to dig deep to find things to celebrate in the beginning. But eventually what will happen is, is when you make your life be a life of celebration, you just start seeing it everywhere you go. I mean, we can celebrate that. There are times we've been driving down the road, I've been like, man, I, let's just celebrate. I think God saved us from an accident. Maybe it was a close call in a moment. You need to celebrate together with your family. Celebrate what God's doing. Psalms 150 says, praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the mighty heavens. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the trumpet sound. Praise him with the lute and harp. Praise him with the tambourine and dance. Praise him with the strings and pipe. Praise him with the sound cymbals. Praise him with the loud clashing cymbals. Come on. It's saying to praise him. So why don't we celebrate more in our homes? Why don't we sometimes just at home, like, let's just have a praise break. 30-second praise break. Come on, kids. There are things I wish, looking back, when my kids were younger, that I would have taught them more. See, when they're little, man, and you look at them, and you look at a three-year-old and four-year-old, we're going to have a praise break for Jesus right now. They don't look at you and go, no. They look at you and go, what does that mean? You start saying, hey, look what Psalm says. It says, praise the Lord. Can you make like, can you make like a trumpet sound? <laughs> like you sit there and you're doing those moments with your kids. Let's have a praise break. What would it look like for you to celebrate together as a family what God is doing? We need to teach our kids and our family to praise the Lord. And we praise the Lord not only when things are only good. We praise the Lord at all times. Don't forget to share the wins with your kids. Don't forget to celebrate things together. The next is this. The next scrap of wisdom I've learned through the years is this. Is speak into existence. Proverbs 18, 20, verse 21 says this. From the fruit of their mouths, a person's stomach is full, filled. With the harvest of their lips, they are satisfied. And here we go. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. The words you speak are powerful. And can I just say you got to start speaking some things into existence? Do you know that's really what prayer is? <laughs> is speaking things into existence? There are times where I'll get frustrated with things that are going on. I don't always respond the best way. And, and no matter how frustrated I get, no matter how many things I try to do to fix it, it normally doesn't fix it. But when I take it to the Lord and I, in prayer, and then I begin to speak those things over my kids, and I speak those things over my spouse, then what happens is, is I get to speak into existence the very things that I'm hoping for. People ask us all the time, why are your kids so great? Well, for years we've tried to speak things into them. You're amazing. You're great. You can do great things. God has a plan and purpose for your life. God loves you. Yeah, that was stupid. <laughs> but God loves you. God still has a plan for you. 
we speak those things into existence. But here's what I've found with a lot of us as dads. We have a bad day, and we come home, and we take it out on the people who are around us because we feel like it's a safe place. Because you couldn't take it out on your boss at work that way. You couldn't look at your boss and be like, you know what? Listen here, buddy. I mean, you could, but you just probably wouldn't have a job for very long. It's not a safe place. So somehow, we have fallen into this thought that we can come home and we can dump it at home. So we speak things that are negative over our family. We speak things that aren't positive. We've had a bad day, and so we come home, we're mean, we start slinging our words around. We say, life stinks, it's stressful, just leave me alone. Just need my TV, I just need this. Whatever it may be that you look to. I love the, the story of the prodigal son because one of the things that I see here is I see a father who's actually speaking things into existence. See, his son goes away. His son goes away, spends everything, just, just waste it. He's just stupid with his money, makes really bad decisions, finds himself in a place of the lowest of lowest. He can't even provide for himself. He's eating out of the, pig, uh, the pig's trough. And the son has this idea, he's like, man, you know what? Even my dad's own servants eat better than this. So he decides to return home. And the minute the father sees him, he says things like this. He says, bring the best robe and put it on him. Bring the best robe and put it on him. He starts speaking in to existence. Is it because his son deserved it? No. It's because he was believing for his son, his daughter, to be who God had called them to be. Listen up, dads. Sometimes you got to speak things, not because your kids deserve it, but it's because that's what you want to see happen in their lives. The father of the prodigal son spoke it in. He said, bring the best robe and put it on him. Bring the best robe and put it on him. And he said this. Later he says, for my son has come home. My son has come home. My son has come home. The one who I desire, the one who I love, he's come home. So guess what? He's speaking into existence the very thing that he had been believing for. Many times the positive words that come out of our mouths are the very thing that are the fuel to our kids to get them to keep going. It's the very thing that when spoken over their lives begins to allow change to happen. Romans 12, 2 says this, do not change yourselves to be like people of this world, but be changed within by a new way of thinking. Then you will be able to decide what God wants for you, and you will know what is good and pleasing to him and what is perfect. How? Because you hear things being spoken over you. Researchers at the University of Washington discovered this. this, is, this they did this for marriage, but I want to use the, this marriage example for an example for our kids. That marriages where there were five positives that were spoken for every negative that was spoken, that what was happening in the marriage is the marriages were often filled with more love, with more care, even if there were more challenges. In other words, the positive words were there and helped protect the hearts and the lives of the marriage. It applies the same to our kids. When, when our kids are constantly hearing positive things, guess what eventually happens? They start believing it. But if all they ever hear is negative, 
If all they ever hear is the things. And, and I'll be honest, my, my youngest son, Josiah, is, he's a challenge. I love him. But he just forgets everything. I literally give him something. Josiah, go put this up. He'll say, okay, Dad, I'll go put it up. Someone else will say something that moment. He'll literally drop it right there where it is. And he'll go over there, and I'll walk by, and I'll go, Josiah, I told you. Oh, sorry, Dad. Sorry, Dad. And he'll come over there, and he'll grab it, and then he'll go do it. And I'm like, I just told you. He's like, I'm sorry, Dad. I'm sorry. So sometimes I, I, there, there are times where I'm like, ah, oh, you're so forgetful, man. Like, why can't you just keep it together, kid? I have to watch the way I speak. I need to be more positive with him. Because you know what we found with Josiah? Is that when we're positive with him, guess what he does? He actually becomes what we're speaking over him. So if we say, oh, you're a screw-up, you're a mess-up, you can't keep anything clean in the house, guess what he does? He's like, okay, Dad. If that's what you want, here I am. <laughs> so what do we got to do? We got to speak positively into his life. We have to speak into existence those things. Josiah, we believe in you. We believe you can keep a clean room. We believe you love your brother. Josiah is so much bigger. And so Gabe and Josiah, like my mom was like, we were, we were camping, and she's like, I can't believe your boys. Because I know you guys all think that they're perfect. But she's like, they got like in a full-blown like fist fight. I'm like, I know. I know. She's like, Gabe was there, and Gabe was like, you want to fight? And Josiah's like, yeah, I want to fight. And so boom, they're throwing down. Just trying to tell you this. Listen, no, no father out there has it all together. No father has everything figured out. There's no dad out there that seems to, to have it everything together and has hit all these things perfectly. Can I just tell you and remind you once again, who's your source? If Jesus is your source, then all of these things can begin to happen. You can speak into existence the very things that you see in your kid. Why? Because you'll be hearing from the Father what are the things that he's speaking into your kids. So then you speak those things into existence. There'll be things that you'll be able to celebrate because you'll be able to recognize what God's doing around you because he's your source and you recognize that he's your source. You'll be able to, to lead even when it's hard because you'll be like, man, you know what? No, God is my source, not the things of this world, not other stuff that's out there. No, he's my source. And in those moments, what'll happen is, is then you'll be able to model what you actually desire to see repeated because that's really what fatherhood's all about. It's walking on out. So a few weeks back, my dad called me and had called me a few times uh, throughout the day. He had been going into the doctor and, and uh, was going into the doctor and uh, was getting some, some reports done. And um, so he called to give me kind of a prognosis on things. And so I call, I, he had called a few times like throughout the day and I couldn't get a hold, or I couldn't answer. And so finally I, my mom calls me and I was actually able to answer then. And my mom says, have you talked to dad yet? I said, no. And she's like, you should call him. He's trying to get a hold of me. I was like, okay. So I pick up the phone. I call my dad. My dad answers. And he's like, hey, Brian. I'm like, hey, 
how did, how did things go at the doctor? And he's like, oh, I'll think, uh, you know, it, they, they were all right. He's like, the doctor uh, basically said that I have cancer. And uh, at first I thought he was joking around. I was like, oh, whatever, Dad, <laughs> you know. He's like, no, the doctor, doctor said uh, uh, I have cancer in my thyroid. And, uh, and so, you know, we don't know a whole lot about it and everything. He's like, but I know God's faithful. I know God will see us through and everything. And it, it was like one of those moments where you, you hear that and you just go, what? Like, that's not supposed to be our family's story. Like, that's not, that's not supposed to be a part of how things are supposed to go. Because that's my dad, you know, he's like the superhero in my life who never, you know, was sick, never really had any struggles, you know, like he was a guy who loved Jesus and all those things. And so you just sit there and you go, wait, that, that's, not, that's not a part of his story. And so here we are processing through that part of, of our story. And I sit there and I can look at my dad's life and I can sit on the side of the lake and I can look at him and I can say, dad, you're a good dad. And not because my dad had it all together, not because his, his body has kept it all together and all these different things, but because one thing my dad has taught me throughout all the years is that Jesus is his source. And so even when my dad gets news like cancer, his response is, hey, Ryan, it's going to be okay. God's got us. Even, even this week when I, when I had told him that he was a good dad, he looked at me and he said, you're just saying that because I have cancer. <laughs> I was like, no, Dad, no. Like, honestly, you're a good dad. See, this is what I know as fathers. We're always wrestling with that first question. Am I a good dad? Even my own dad, who I would say is a good dad, wrestled with that question. Sitting there, on the lake next to me, when I looked at him and I said, you're a good dad. I don't know, am I? Yeah. You're a good dad. Just know the right source. Come on, dads. You're a good dad. You're a good dad. You may go, I don't feel like I'm a good dad right now. Okay, be a good dad. <laughs> Recognize your source. Put your source as Jesus. And if you put your source as Jesus, then he'll take care of everything. My dad's confident that God's going to take care of him. And you know what? I'm confident too. I am. It's been quite a few weeks that I've known this, and we kept going back and forth on whether we were even going to tell the church body and stuff. And of course, we'd appreciate your prayers. But you know, ultimately what I know, I know God's faithful. He's never let us down. And so even with different prognoses and things, guess what? I know that God can and will heal my father because he's faithful. But like my dad said to me, he said, you know what? If God was decided to take me home, he's like, I can't wait, Brian, <laughs> to be in heaven. And I'm like, Dad, come on now. We're not at that spot. He's like, I know, but he's just, he's just like, he's just, he's so confident in who his what? His source is. See, when you have confidence in your source, it's like, ah, it doesn't even matter, does it? It, it? You don't even, it's not even that big of a worry. Yes, it's there. Yes, it's something you'll face. Yes, it'll be something that'll be on your mind. Yes, he'll go through the doctors, do all these different things. Yes, we're praying for him. But ultimately, he knows who his source is. And when you know who your source is, then no matter what you face, you can model what it means to love Jesus.
So dads, model it. Lead. Celebrate. Be the ones who speak into existence the very things you're believing for for your family. And you can do all that if you remember to allow God to be your unlimited source. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for every father in the, home, in the room today. God, I know that across this room are some dads who maybe are tired. There's some dads who have been questioning how to keep pressing on. And I just pray, Holy Spirit, that across this room you would fill the hearts and lives of every man, woman, boy and girl with your presence. Because God, when you're our source, you take care of everything. God, when you're our source, no matter what we face, <laughs> we don't face it alone. So Father, I pray that you would be the source of every person in this room. I've asked you to bow your heads and close your eyes for a moment today because maybe today the reality of it is is the source of your life is not Jesus. He's not the ultimate source. And you may be wondering, how in the world do I get that? It's real simple. Just ask him for it. If you'll ask Jesus into your life, if you'll ask him to forgive you of your sin, if you'll say, Jesus, be Lord of my life, then what he will do is he is faithful because he's a good father who loves you, who cares for you, who has a plan and purpose for you, and who desires to be your source. And he's looking to you today and he's saying, listen, will you just simply accept the free gift I have for you? It's salvation. It's freedom from sin. Real quickly, if you're here today and you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, whether you're a man or a woman, but today you would say, he is not my source, but you would desire to allow him to be your source. I just want to pray a real simple prayer with you. But I'm going to ask you to acknowledge it just real quickly by just simply raising your hand, by just saying, I, I need Jesus. I need him to be my source. If that's you real quickly, would you just raise your hand? I see that hand back there. I see that hand over there. You would just say, hey, I, I need Jesus to be my source. Let's pray with those who have raised their hand this morning. These two. Father, we just pray right now for that your spirit that is here in this place would invade the hearts and lives of each and every person here. And God, I pray that in these next few moments, of life change, that we would celebrate, God, what you're getting ready to do. If you would all repeat this after me and to join with those who raised their hand today, would you say this? Would you say, Jesus, right now, I believe that you died on the cross for me. I need you to be my source. Forgive me of my sin. Change my life. Change the way I think from this day forward I don't want to be the same and so today I make you Lord of my life in Jesus name Amen